Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Yeah. Is there anybody thankful? Is there anybody thankful in the house for Jesus? Come on, let's give him all the praise that he's worthy of. Only a king's worthy of. Come on, five more seconds of the most incredible praise for King Jesus in this place. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, again, I'm so honored that you're here. I'm so thankful that you're here. And we've been in a series over the last few weeks called Don't Give Up. Somebody shout, Don't Give Up. Somebody shout, Don't Give Up. I love that. And we've been in a series, and I'll just tell you, this has been a series, I think, a lot of fun for us as a church, a lot of, uh, uh, just not just fun, but man, just digging into the Word of God and walking through First Peter together. And I'll just tell you, this series really comes up out of a, a, a verse that I feel like the Lord laid on my heart, but also a series that I heard even from a church that is named Vu Church that does an incredible job, love and honor their pastor and their families uh, that are a part of Vu. But I'm just telling you, it spoke to me whenever I heard it. And I felt like it's a time that I needed to share with you guys, just from my heart, just the things that God was speaking to me, even as I was uh, just going through that series with them as well. And I just feel like just a second, we're going to read this thing together. And when we get to this uh, last three words, I feel like there's some people in here that you might be on your last leg. You might be on the last thing that you, you feel like, you're, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm over it, I'm over this, I'm over that, I'm giving up. But I just want to shout it, and maybe you're not shouting it for you today, maybe you're shouting it for the person next to you. And when we get to these last three words, I want us to say it like it's our job. I want us to shout it from the rooftops, all right? Y'all good with that? Can we do that, all three of you? How about everybody? Everybody good with that? All right, here's what the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9. This is the verse that I felt like the Lord just told me and just shared with me that, hey, you know what, when you feel like giving up, this is my command to you. Watch this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. But at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we what? One more time. Hey, one more time. Let's do it. Don't give up. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Up. I believe that, and I believe wherever you're at in this room that God wants to speak to you today, and we're going to talk about something that's right in the middle of this book that we've been reading through, First Peter, and I'll just tell you, um, it is something that I think is, is it's funny, it's right in the middle of the book, but it's talking about relationships. How many of y'all have ever had a relationship out there that didn't go like you thought, maybe you got a friendship or whatever, I think all of us have been there. Well, there's a few responsibilities I think we have when it comes to relationships that I think that Peter's wanting to share with us today in First Peter we're going to read together. So I want to pray, and then after I pray, I want us to give the loudest ovation to King Jesus in this room that we've given him all week, all day, or whatever it is, all right? Jesus, we thank you so much for today, God. We're so thankful for everybody that's tuning in online, that's watching, everybody that's listening on the podcast. God, we are so thankful that we get a chance to gather together uh, today around your word, around who you are, around uh, what you want to speak to us in your word. And God, I just pray that today you would speak, that today your name would be 
lifted up, that today the Holy Spirit would just speak as only He can to all of us individually, whether we're watching online, whether we're listening on podcasts, or whether we're in this room. God, I pray that Your Spirit would speak in this place today. God, we love You, we honor You, we thank You, and we're so grateful for Jesus. And it's in His name that we pray. And everybody said, everybody said, Amen, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for King Jesus in this place. And you guys go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Man, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so honored that you would be uh, in the house of the Lord, even in the middle school, right? This is where we get a chance to gather together, and I'm so grateful. And again, we have been in a series over the last few weeks called Don't Give Up. One more time, shout, Don't Give Up. I like that because I think a lot of us in culture and life and, uh, again, looking over the last year or so of our life, guess what? There's been many times of our life, if we're being real honest, can we be honest today? This means yes in Kentucky and Tennessee. Come on, somebody, right? Yes, we can be honest in the fact that we've probably had a season where we wanted to give up, where we wanted to throw in the towel, where we wanted to be done with what we were going through, what we were dealing with. And I just want to encourage you guys from God's word that he is challenging us. Don't give up. Hey, if you will just continue to do what is good, that's my responsibility. And doing uh, and not giving up, that's my responsibility. God will handle the timing and the harvest. That's God's responsibility. But we have a responsibility in that and also even in our relationships, I believe that we have a responsibility. So we'll walk through that uh, today, but I will just tell you again, hopefully you've been diving into our summer journal that we've been walking through together, uh, reading every day a couple verses from 1 Peter, and I'll just tell you that this is not something that goes like, it's not going to take you a really long time for you to be able to do it, uh, but I would just encourage you, this is something that in the summer, we want to take a step into the things of God instead of a uh, step back, come on, right? Like we don't want to just say, okay, it's summer, we can kind of just chillax when it comes to reading the word and kind of doing all that, we kind of be a little lazier when it comes to that. But as a church, I feel like this summer we're saying, you know what we want to do? We want to take a step in to the things of God. We want to take a step in to the things that God wants to speak to us, even in the midst of a summer, couple months off school and, and, and vacationing and all that. We still believe that God wants to speak. Does anybody believe that God still wants to speak today in the summer just as much as he does anytime? And we believe that. As a church, we believe that. So that's what we've been walking through the last couple weeks. And if you haven't got one of those journals, man, I would just love it. If you stop by our Connect Corner outside, our team out there, we'd love to serve you. Those have been paid for by the generous people of Purpose Church. And so uh, grab one of those. Grab one for your friends. We literally have about 20 left. That's all we have left. Um, and I would love for every one of them to be gone today. So y'all stop by there. Grab that. We're walking through a thing called SOAP where we read a little scripture. We make some quick observations. We try to apply it because how many of us know that applying scripture is the most important part, right? I mean, let's think about it. We can look at the sunscreen all day, but if we apply it, if we don't apply it, we're still going to get burnt. Come on, somebody, right? Same thing with the Word. We can read the Word all day. It's good, but I'll just tell you, we need to start applying it to our life. And so, uh, and then a, a little passage right there where we can write our, our, our prayer out. And I just think it's so important for us to do that. Man, so proud of you and what you've been doing over the last few weeks. And we got about half of, half of it left, right? So jump in at any time. I would love, love, love for you to do that. But again, how many of us really quick have had some relationship issues in the past, just overall? Come on. We can all be there. I think all of our, both our hands is raised up in the air, right? I think whether it's friendship or dating or marriage or whatever it might be, that we all have these struggles uh, from time to time when it comes to marriage or when it comes to relationships. And I know this, 
it's easy to start relationships. It's hard for relationships to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to start a friendship. It's hard uh, when stuff is tough, when things are going on, when different things start happening to continue that friendship on. It's hard. Uh, it's easy to start dating somebody, but it's hard to stay committed to somebody for the long haul, right? I think there's some difficulties in all of our relationships, whatever that may look like. And, and again, what we've been doing is walking through the book of 1 Peter all summer long, walking through this idea, and he starts off telling us, hey, he's writing to the church that's in uh, Asia Minor. He's writing to a couple churches that are there, and he's saying, hey, I want you to know that culture may tell you to do all of this. This may be the way that culture is telling you to live, but I'm going to challenge you in the way of the Lord, in the way that Jesus has challenged you and the difference that he has made in you. Don't give up. Don't give in to culture. Don't turn your back on the things of God. And that's what Peter's telling us about. And then right here in the middle of his book, we see a smack dab right in the middle, some relationship stuff, right? And I'm like, wait, that seems a little bit out of place, right? Seems like it really wouldn't fit right there. Like, why in the world would he go ahead and put like this right in the middle of this book? But again, I think for a lot of us is that what I love about the Bible so much is that it deals with every facet of our life, right? Not, not just is he dealing with our salvation and our relationship with God, but I love that the Bible and I love that Peter even addresses our relationships with other people. Our relationships with our husband and wife and, and, and those things like that and, and relationships. And I think it's just so cool that that is what Peter does right in the middle of this book as he's writing it to us and to the church then. And I just think of a couple things. Again, I want us to understand that the Roman Empire during that time was taking over culture. They were going out and they were very, uh, they, they, they were influencers in culture. Not in a good way, right? They wanted their way done. They, they, they were trying to say, okay, hey, you know what? All these different ideologies, there's all these different ways to God. There's all these different kinds of gods. And, and that's not really what you should be doing. And they're having an influence on the church at the time. And that's why Peter's writing to them saying, don't give up. Don't go, don't go following everything that culture has to tell you. I'm going to tell you some things that you need to be doing. And so, again, I love that Peter does that, uh, and he's reminding them that truth is not, uh, uh, it's not relative, right? It's not, it doesn't just, truth doesn't just change with every thought that comes here and now. No, no, truth is absolute, and what God's word says is the truth. And so Peter's just reminding them of that. He's reminding them, hey, you know what? God created male and female. He created you, and he wants you to be in relationship and marriage, and he's trying to just remind them of what that is, because Culture is telling them one thing, the Bible is telling them another, and he's just reminding them of that. So I think, again, it fits us perfectly in the world that we're living in right now. And so I think about that. Not only that, but I think that what Peter is hinting at and what he's getting at when he's writing this about families, and I don't know about you, I think it's important as we build and we want a healthy church, right? We want a church that's healthy. We want a church that's, that's growing. This is what I know is that healthy things grow, right? It's one thing that happens when it's healthy, it ends up growing. And, and we want to be a healthy church. I think what Peter is writing to them to encourage them is, hey, I want you to get healthy as an individual and then you to get healthy as a couple or as in relationships. You know why? Because a healthy church is made up of healthy individuals and relationships. It's just what it is. So I want you to write this down. If we are going to have a healthy church, understand that our relationships can't constantly be sick. All right, I'm gonna say, y'all going to have to amen me a little bit. I'm going to preach for like three hours today, all right? Y'all lean in with me a little bit, all right? 
I think about that. Our, our church can't be a healthy church and our relationships constantly stay sick. I heard Pastor Chad Veach say this one time, is that you can't win in life and do people wrong. Right? You can't win in life and do people wrong, and that is not us saying that you got to come to this church and have everything buttoned up and have your life together, uh, because we are not that church, okay? As we talked about last week, I think it's something that, that we all, and if you missed last week, go back and check it out. We had a, ser- a series title, uh, or sermon title of Under Construction. Somebody shout, I'm under construction, because that's what we all are, right? And we say it a lot, that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to come in this room and and be a part of Purpose Church and not have it all together. But here's the thing. It's not okay to stay that way. Right? I think about it in the fact that, hey, you know what? I'm under construction. But it's not okay to not make any progress in the construction. And so I think that's something that what we need to understand is, is that the enemy wants to destroy your relationships. The enemy wants to make sure that your relationships and your marriage and your friendships are not honoring to God that you can have like, like he's wanting to make sure you have no hope in your marriage, that you have no joy in your marriage, that you hate each other, that you want nothing to do with each other. He, that's what the enemy wants for you. And I just believe that what Peter's trying to say is, hey, let's be healthy in the fact that what we're going after are the things of God in our relationships. And we're going to say, you know what, I know it may be hard, I know it may be tough in seasons, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to give up because I'm going to put my foundation on God's word I'm going to lean into what he has to say and everything that he has to say guess what I'm going to live that out is there anybody in here saying you know what I want to live that out I want to walk that out I'm committing to a healthy relationship can we give Jesus a big ovation right now I think that's something we got to look at again the enemy wants your relationships to stay broken the enemy wants your marriage to, to like you think that your marriage could never be healed the enemy wants you to believe that you'll never have that relationship back with your kids. The enemy wants you to believe that you will always be in constant turmoil with your relationships at work. But today, I want to speak some faith over your marriage. Today, I want to speak some faith over your kids. Today, I want to speak some life into the legacy that you're going to leave in the relationship category of your life. That we serve a God that can heal, restore, refresh, rejuvenate, repaint, refinish, and repair anything that we put into his hands. That's the God that we serve. That's the one we're speaking about today. And I just want to tell you, I just want to encourage you, and Peter wants to encourage you. There's a couple responsibilities that we have when it comes to these things called relationships. Are you ready? You ready? I'm, I'm ready with you. Let's go. This is what it says. Uh, the very first one I want to write down, then we're going to jump into 1 Peter and read it together. The first one I want you to write down, and these are all going to be like, choose this over this, or this is greater than this. The very first one is this. Mission is greater than mediocrity. Mission is greater. It's more valuable than just mediocrity. Look at what the Bible says. I'm going to let y'all write that down for just a second because you'll be like, oh my goodness, you're going too fast. Number one, mission is greater than mediocrity. Where are we going to find that? We're going to find that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. This is what Peter writes to us saying about relationships. He starts it. He says, hey, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. Y'all remember that little phrase in week one of don't give up? Right, he talked about us being temporary residents, that this is not our home. That we don't, with the, like, if you know Jesus, guess what? Your address is 777 Heavenly Lane. Come on, somebody, right? All right, like, like that's it. That's, that's, 
That's where we're going. So we're living as foreigners right here in this land. Know that. I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Watch what he says. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. I love this scripture right here. You know why? Because Peter's being real practical right there. He's being real practical in the fact that he's saying that you and I, if we know Jesus, which he spent the first two chapters telling us that, again, we build our hope on Jesus. We build on the cornerstone being Jesus. He's telling us that, and he says, hey, you know what? As believers, you're supposed to live on mission. You're supposed to be living a little bit differently. That, hey, when a world that's broken and lost and messed up looks at your life, they should see something and say, hmm, I don't know what that is, but I want what they've got. I, they, they're living differently than how the world is living. And so I just think you can only do that, and I can only do that if we are living on mission, on purpose. And the only way that you will discover your purpose, it's not by going through next. It first starts with a relationship with Jesus. That's where it starts. We can search all around the world trying to figure out, okay, how in the world can I find my purpose? We can go to the, the club or the bar or wherever we go and say, I'm going to try, try and find my purpose. But really, you were created and I were created in the image of God to honor him, to look, glorify him, to live a life that serves him with everything that we've got. And that is our mission as Christ followers. That is our mission, if you know Jesus, is to glorify him. And I love what Peter says. I don't know about you guys. Do y'all, have you ever had that feeling where you felt like somebody was watching you? Y'all know what I'm talking about? All three of you. I said, y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like when you feel like somebody, what's just something weird in the crowd? You feel like, ooh, somebody's looking at me. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just feel it. You just feel that like somebody's watching. I remember that song, you know that one song, I always feel like somebody's watching me. Okay, I thought that was Michael Jackson, but it wasn't. Okay, it's some other guy. I don't even know. But, but like, y'all know what that feels like? I think about that, and I think about how we live our life, that I feel like there's somebody, listen to me, and I want you to write this down, that they may not be listening to you when you speak, but guess what? They're still watching. They're still watching. Somebody's always watching. They may not be listening, but they are always watching. And when you and I begin living differently from the world, again, it begins to say to people, hey, I'm curious. I want to know what's different about you. How do you have hope in the midst of like a hopeless situation? How do you have peace in, a, in the midst of a situation that has no peace attached to it? Like how in the world can you do that? Like, and I've always heard the old preacher say, that you and I may, may be the only Bible that somebody else reads, right? You ever heard that? I remember in vacation Bible school when I was a kid, that was one thing. Hey, you'll be the only Bible, sometimes the only Bible that somebody will ever see. They may not ever read 1 Peter, but they are watching us as we live. They're watching you as you and I live in God. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for a people that are set apart, that are different, that are living weird compared to the ways of the world and saying, you know what? I'm called as the church to go out and win all people for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of Christ. That the world may be really angry right now, but 
but I'm a peacemaker in the middle of it. The world may be just hopeless out there, but I've got the joy, 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 joy down deep in my heart. And that there's hope even in the midst of darkness. And God is looking for a people called his church to win all people called the world for him. And I would just tell you that if that's our individual mission, shouldn't it be the mission of mine and Allie's marriage as well? Right, if that's the individual mission that we're called to go and make disciples of all nations, like that's what our marriage should look like. What, what if we started seeing our marriage as a mission? What if we started seeing our relationships as a way of reaching people for the gospel? And I would just challenge us to run it through that filter. Again, this passage of scripture is what we see Peter telling us as individuals to act. But let's do that as a couple and as a relationship. Again, what if we saw our marriage as ministry? What if we saw it as, as, as a mission field, that we're going to do whatever it takes for people to know Jesus through our marriage, through our life, through the way that we shepherd our kids, the way that we raise our kids, the way that we do those things, the way that my friendships are with other people. Like, let's just be the people that say, you know what, that is different, but it's different because we're living on mission, not just settling for mediocrity. Amen or oh me. I love that. Okay, see, because I look around. Purpose Church, and again, as Peter's kind of writing, if we're going to have a healthy church, you know what I think? It's got to be made up of healthy individuals. It's got to be made up of healthy couples. And I look at you, Purpose Church, and I'm so thankful for you that, you know what, we have all different backgrounds. We all come from different areas. We have, you know, we got different churches that we grew up in. We got different parts of the, the county, the country that we grew up in. But guess what? We have a common mission in the fact that we want to do whatever we can do to connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose. Showing up early in the morning to set up and load in and at 530 when everybody else is sleeping. But yes, we're going to create an atmosphere, an environment where people can minister and, and, and experience the love of God in a powerful way. Staying late and loading out, bringing your kids along for the ride. Going and saying, you know what, I'm going to give, I'm going to serve, I'm going to lead, I'm going to love, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to do whatever I can to make much of Jesus. Guess what? That's part of living on mission. That's an incredible thing that you and I are signing up for. And again, when you choose to put some purpose and some mission on your marriage, every obstacle or relationship that you have, every obstacle that you come up against is not bigger than the mission itself. Right, and so that mission will keep driving you forward. And, and God didn't just put Allie and I together just to make each other happy. So much bigger than that. And the thing that I have to do is we got to remind ourselves in tough times of the mission that we signed up for. That we want to show a lost and broken world what it looks like to actually have a healthy marriage that honors God, that walks with joy, that lives out a life of service. It's something bigger than just for us. And I just think that's a question that you and I can ask in this first little section is this idea in my relationship, in my marriage, in my friendships, am I pursuing happiness or am I pursuing holiness? And again, I don't want to just talk to the married people in the room because I believe we can apply this to every single aspect of our life. Am I, am I uh, pursuing happiness or am I pursuing holiness? That's the first one. Number two, somebody shout number two. Number two is this. Actions are greater than words. Actions are greater than words. I'll give you a second to write that down. I'm going to take a swig of water. That's 
That's always awkward right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is awkward silence in here. I love that. Actions speak louder than words. Look what uh, Peter has to say as we jump into chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3. He walks us through it. He says, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, watch this. Your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. I think right here, this can speak to any area of your life, any area of my life, no matter what season that we find ourselves in, that it's true that actions really do speak louder than words. I think about even in just our marriage of mine and Allie's marriage, like if I were to tell Allie that I love her, which I try to tell her multiple times a day, I try to encourage her with that too. Hey, I love you. If I were to tell her that, but then I was to go out and I was to do all the things that would go against me telling her that I love her. But hey, I said I love you. Listen, we all know, I think we all can agree that the actions speak louder than the words. And I think that's the same true uh, truth with our relationships and even in our marriages. The same is true with our walk with Jesus. And what Peter is trying to say right here, and I love it, is that, hey, wives, you may have some, you may have met Jesus. Jesus may have changed your life. You may be following Jesus. And maybe you got some, a husband that doesn't. Maybe you have a husband that, that, that doesn't follow Jesus yet. But the quickest way that you are going to be able to see salvation come to your house, I believe, is that if you show him the love of Jesus more than you slap him over the head with a Bible across his face. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you have to show him that. That literally right there he's saying that your godly lives will speak to them without any words. By showing them that there has been a change on the inside, they'll want to know what the change is that they can be a part of. And you choose to stay committed to the things of God. You choosing to show love when a love doesn't even necessarily have, it doesn't, it doesn't reciprocate back. That love doesn't have to be shown, but you continue to show it anyway. That kind of selfless love, that kind of interchange, that kind of countercultural way of living, guess what? It's irresistible to a lost world. And I'll just tell you, if we, as Christ followers, if we've built our hope on Jesus, on the cornerstone of Christ, guess what? Our actions should line up with what we believe. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Y'all remember writing this down? That belief dictates behavior. Remember writing that down? That Hey, we wrote that down. Once you write it down again? Because, again, actions speak louder than words. We walked through that. But, again, what happens is so many times we want to concentrate on the behavior side. But God is not wanting necessarily your behavior as much as he wants your belief. Because if you change your belief, your behavior will change. Right? If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, guess what he's going to start doing? The Spirit of God is on the inside of you and I. And if you're watching online, guess what? If you know Jesus on the inside of you, guess what he's going to start doing? He's going to start taking some things out, moving some things around and saying, you know, your job is to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You and I can say that we love people, but do our actions really meet up with it? You and I can say that we have joy in our life, but do the actions that we have, the ways that we talk, the things that we say, does that line up 
with our belief because, again, belief dictates uh, behavior. And what you believe really affects how you and I behave. If you have that relationship with Jesus, I want to challenge us with that. If you and I are going to impact people, if we're going to make a difference with our marriages, our relationships, if we're going to reach the lost, it's going to be because of our behavior. And your behavior is going to show people what it is that you truly believe. Right? It's going to be obviously by the Spirit of God that draws them, but maybe He wants to use you in the actions that you have and the life that you and I live, the influence that we have to reach that person that nobody else could reach. But again, it's followed up by our actions. They're going to see the way that you love. I love how Jesus says that all the time. He says, you know what? They will know you by your fruit. Right? They're not going to know you by what you say. They'll know you by your fruit. And the fruit are the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you and I aren't exuding those, if that's not coming out of us, if that's not our response, even in tough times, maybe we're looking at the wrong thing and we got to refocus and recenter on Jesus, all right? Actions speak louder than words, right? Everybody agree with that? All right, number three, I want you to write this down. We're going to go, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped this. In my relationship, am I letting my example do the talking? I think a lot of times what we want to do is we want to try and explain it. We want to try and walk, you know, uh, let, me, let me explain, let me do this. But well, guess what? Your actions are really explaining it for you. And my heart is, my challenge for all of us in our relationships, in our marriage, mine and Allie's marriage, is my example doing the talking. Am I saying that I love her? Am I backing that up with my behavior? Am I backing that up in my friendships? When I say, hey, I honor you, I trust, am I, am I backing that up with my example and not just words that I say? I think that's a good question, good litmus test for us to ask for that point number two. All right, number three. Somebody shout number three. I love that. Number three is this. The inside is greater than the outside. The inside is more important than the outside. Look at what he goes on to say, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. I love it. He says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. Watch this. They put their trust in God. Yes, he may be speaking to ladies right there in that specific uh, context. And again, I want you to know that he's writing to the church and the culture of the people at that time. And it's, it's like kind of a, a, a truth of the day that they were hearing from the sidelines was that, okay, well, you shouldn't be wearing this and you shouldn't be doing that. And what Peter is just trying to say, he's not, and, and I want to give a little context to that because I think there's some churches that have made like an entire uh, belief around this one verse right here that says, okay, you can't wear that, you've got to wear only this, you've got to do only these things. And again, we get so worried about the outside. What I believe that Peter is challenging us in is that he's not saying don't do that, right? Peter's not saying don't wear the jewelry, don't do that. He's saying don't build your beauty on that. Don't build your worth on the outside. Don't build your things and your hope and your things on, on what you see in a mirror. Peter's not saying don't be into fashion. Your boy's wearing Air Force Ones, okay? I, I like fashion. I don't, I don't usually wear a t-shirt just so everybody knows. Usually got a little collar on it, but I wanted to support our I Love My City shirts. This is a little sweaty, but we all right. It's not as bad as last Sunday. Come on, somebody, okay? So, so, so I like fashion. I like shoes. Like I got more shoes than Allie. I get it, okay? Like, like, like it's not bad to be in that. 
It's not bad. Like, he's not saying just let yourself go. I think you should take care of yourself. I think it's fine to dress nice. But what Peter is saying is don't care more and pay more attention to the exterior than you do the interior, than the inside of you. And there's so many people, myself included, in, the, in my life that I have put more emphasis on the outside than I would on the inside of me. And I'm more worried about the outer shell than I am the inner soul. And I just believe that God, that I like this. I want you to write this down. Pastor Rich said this, and I'm going to throw this out there because it's real good. This is what he said. Outer beauty without inner beauty is just cheap decoration. Oh, I like that. That'll preach. This microphone is hot right now, all right? Outer beauty without inner beauty is just cheap decoration. It's just, it's just cheap decorations if you and I aren't worried about what's going on on the inside and the way that culture will lie to you and I, and this is what Peter's trying to get at, he's trying to tell you and I that, hey, you know what, you've got to be fixated on the outside. You've got to go and you've got to fix everything on the outside, the exterior. And listen, I'm all about trying to stay in shape and take care of yourself. And again, this, I, but, but I want you to know that this body is dying. Like this outer shell is dying. That, that I'm getting older, right? How many of y'all know that gravity is undefeated? Come on, somebody, right? It's undefeated. Like wrinkles on my forehead are starting to appear. I look at pictures before I had kids, and I'm like, dang, what's happened? Like, boy, you're getting old. Before you planned a church, you was young looking. Now you old looking, all right? Wrinkles are appearing. If I got hair, it's falling out, it's falling out. But other ones are turning gray right here on the side. I'm like, what is that? Like fat around the midsection doesn't quite jump off like it used to when you're 18 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like just this, this thing called this body is deteriorating. And so what I want to challenge us with and what Peter is telling us is that guess what? It's a good idea. It's great to maintain your body and be healthy with the body that God has given you. But I sure hope I'm paying more attention to the inside of me than I am to the person I see in the mirror. Like here's the idea. Peter's saying, you know what? You can go get expensive shoes and still have cheap character you can go and you can have a new outfit and not have a new mindset in Christ you may have a strong body but you can have a weak spirit and I think Peter's telling us right here you know what you got to do whatever you can to value the inside over the outside and I'll just tell you in our relationships I think that's something that we even struggle with and Kyle if you don't mind coming up we're gonna land this plane in just a few minutes here's what I want you to know I think even on date night with Allie and I this is in relationships just with us is that we'll get so, can I be honest real quick? I mean, yes, in Kentucky and Tennessee, okay. Here, here's the thing, what we'll do, we'll get the kids watch Gamia and Granddad will watch the kids or Lala or uh, whoever we can get to watch the kids, G-Daddy, whoever we can find at the time, we'll get all four kids watched, which is like trying to like lower, like nobody wants to keep four kids, I'm just going to be honest, like that is just not fun for anybody. Uh, and so when Allie and I try and go on a date, like that's that's the one thing, uh, but what we'll do, man, we'll get gussied up on the outside, you know what I'm talking about, like man, we'll be, I'll be in some fresh clothes, I'll be having a, 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 a nice shirt on probably, Allie will be looking beautiful like she always does, and we'll get all fancied up on the outside, and we went just for Father's Day the other day she took me down to what's it called blue uh, what's it called blue oat blue oak blue oat oyster bar and grill in Martin fantastic place to eat get that get that pork chop just trust me okay but like we went down there and we were all gussied up fancied up walking around and, and what I find a lot of times what happens with Allie and I and it's so easy to do it's not it's not it's not bad but but it's not probably healthy is that we get all fancied up on the outside, then what do we do? We go 
and we sit on our phones, we're scrolling through stuff like this, and we're worried about taking the perfect picture instead of actually having a conversation. Instead of actually having some time just to, just to walk through this stuff together. Hey, how you doing? How, how you feeling? How can I serve you better? How, are you feeling okay after the kids? Like, like what's going on? Like, like, instead of having meaningful conversation, I find myself, we worried about the outside, but the inside. And I, I'm, I'm not picking on you, Mom. I'm picking on me more so than anything. And that I, I let the outside be the, be the most important part than I did just setting the phone aside and saying, hey, Let's walk through this. What you got going on the inside of you? I think that's something that a lot of us, we can do even in our friendships and our marriage that you and I can be very much more intentional about. But not only that, but even in our relationship with Jesus, that we can look like we got it all together on the outside. We can look like everything's buttoned up and perfect. But on the inside, there's dry bones, as we sang about earlier. Like on the inside, it is dry and it is, it is, it is not life-giving. And I would just challenge you, let's spend less time working on the outer shell and more time letting God work on our inner soul. Let's do that. Let's be that kind of people. Let's be those kind of people that say yes to the things of God more so than I say the yes to the things of my body. And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of spending more time working out than I do reading the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of spending more time, you know, worried about food that I'm going to eat rather than worried about the spiritual food that God wants to feed me with. I just want to, I, that, I, I want to always be real with you that I struggle just like you. But I'm telling you, it's okay to be under construction, but let's make some progress. It's okay to not be okay, but let's not stay that way. Let's take a step in. It's my relationship. That's what I'm going to ask you. Am I investing in the temporary or in the eternal? Am I investing in the here and now, the, the outside? Or, and there's nothing wrong with investing in that. Nothing wrong with that. But am I spending more time on that, more energy, more money, more, more all of those things than the things of God that want to work on the inside of me, than, than the eternal things? I, I just want to challenge us with that. I'm challenging myself with that. And the last thing I'm going to tell us about that I think Peter's just trying to walk us through when it comes to relationships is this idea of choose honor over disrespect. Choose honor over disrespect. One of my pastors has always told me you can never go wrong with honor. You can never go wrong with honor. That's in every relationship. That's why one of our core values as a church is honors our posture. Guess what? You know what that means for us? That means that we're not going to be stingy with our words. That means that we're going to honor people. We're going to celebrate people. We're going to honor other churches that are reaching people for the gospel. We're going to honor other places that are, that are doing incredible things for Jesus. We're going to honor people with their time. Like, man, when they give up their time, we're going to say thank you. We're going to be honorable. We're going to hold people to just a, man, we're going to be, we're, like, respect is earned, but honor is given is what Pastor Craig Groeschel says. And I just want to be a church that is honorable. And, again, if we're going to be a church that's honorable, it's made up of people who choose dishonor over disrespect I think that's something that we see right there in scripture 1 Peter 3 verse 7 he says in the same way you husbands so he was, he was talking to the wives which I think again we can walk through that at another time of what that could look like and he says to the husband hey you know what the way that she would be willing to serve the way that she would be willing to, 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 to lay down her life to serve in that marriage alongside of you is if you and I would look watch this husbands that you would give honor to your wives that I wouldn't be stingy of the words that I use whenever I, I, I talk to Allie or talk about Allie. I know his culture says, hey, bash your husband, bash that relationship in public, bash that person. But you know what we're going to be? We're going to be people of honor. 
If I have something to say to Allie, I'm going to go to Allie. Allie, this is behind the scenes. We're going to talk about it. But I want to be a person of honor for her. Husbands, anybody, all of us, let's choose honor over disrespect. Must give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. If you look at that up, that's actually saying like strength-wise she may be weaker. Not that she's weaker-minded or weaker-willed or anything like that. If you look at that up, that's what that says. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. I love that. That we're all on the same playing field when it comes to the grace of God. Right? Man and female. Male, you know, man and woman. Male, female. We're all on the same playing field when it comes to the grace that God uh, offers us. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. Again, Peter's speaking very clearly right here that we should respect and honor. That that should be something that's said of us. And, and again, the way that we treat people is so important. I think we see that right there. It's so important to God how we treat others. The way that you and I treat others dictates the way that God can communicate with me and you. It's a big deal. Let's choose honor. Let's choose honor over disrespect. Let's choose actions over just words. Let's choose the inside over just the outside. And let's choose a mission. Let's be a church. Let's be a people. Let's be a family that is on mission to do whatever it takes to reach as many people for the gospel of Jesus as possible. That we want to do anything short of sin to go out into a community that may not have any hope. And we want to extend the hand of hope being the hand of Jesus that says, you know what? It's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. And there is a person that we know. There is a name that can heal. There is a name that can save. There is a name that you can be forgiven in. And it's the name of Jesus. And we'll be a church that builds itself on that name. We will be a family that builds itself on that name. We will be a people of God that build ourselves on the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give him a big shout of praise. Not just a little golf clap. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And the last thing I'm going to ask you, or I'm just going to write, ask you to write this down. In my relationship, I want you to write down. How I treat my husband today, what did I teach my son to look for in a wife? That's what the ladies can ask. It's pretty important. Fellas, we can ask the same question. In my relationship, how I treated Allie today, like, like how did, what, what did I teach Conley to look for in a husband? Am I being honorable? Am I more worried about the character that Allie has rather than the hair color that she has? Am I more worried about the actions that I live rather than the things that I just say? And am I living on mission? Am I living on a mission that says, you know what, whatever comes my way, I'm not giving up, I'm not giving in, I'm not backing down. My life is built on the cornerstone of Jesus, and my job is to build my marriage, my family, my job, anything that I put my hand to on that cornerstone, and it's to glorify and honor Him. Can we be a people that say that? Can we be a church that says that? Can we be a people that steps into that this summer? Don't give up. Tap your neighbor and say, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you and I will not get tired of doing what is good, even in relationships, we don't give up. I'm telling you, at just the right time, you will reap a harvest if you and I don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to speak to you for just a second. If everybody can, if you would just be as still as possible.
unless you got somewhere that you need to go right now. I'm going to ask all of our team in just a second that you can move. But for now, let me just talk to you. If you're, if you're on camera and you're, you're online joining us today, man, we're so honored that you're here. If you're listening on the podcast, so honored that you're listening. If you're in the service today, we're so honored that you're here. I'll just tell you, you were brought here, you're watching, you're listening for a specific reason and a specific purpose. And it's the fact that Jesus was drawing himself to you, like, you, like drawing you to himself. And the Holy Spirit wants to tell you that, hey, you and I need a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're here and you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're watching and you've never said yes to that incredible grace that Jesus offers. Listen, I want you to understand it is okay to not be okay. This is not a place that you've got to have it all together. But we know a Savior that you can say yes to, that, that you can say yes to the things of God, that you can say yes to the forgiveness that He offers. And this is what the Bible tells us, that we've all sinned, that we've all messed up, that we've all fallen short. But God, but Jesus came. He gave His life for us. And the Bible says that even while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. Maybe you're watching, maybe you're in here and you say, you know what, I've never said yes to that name. I've never asked for forgiveness in my life, but I want to today. I want to ask forgiveness. Just pray something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word, but it can be something like this. And just be honest with God. Say, God, I need a relationship with you. Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross. I believe that you were put into a tomb. And I believe that three days later you got out of the grave. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you come in my life? save me I surrender everything to you I surrender my life I surrender my heart I surrender my mission I surrender my purpose I surrender my family I surrender my job I surrender everything I've got to you Jesus maybe you prayed that today maybe you prayed something like that I just want to tell you, you made the best decision that you've ever made. I think back to that decision when I made that decision to follow Jesus. Have I gotten it right every time? Since then, no way. But man, thank God for salvation. Thank God for forgiveness. And if you're in this room or you're watching online or you're listening on the podcast, I just want to tell you, <clears throat> we are a church that not only honors, like we said in the message, but we celebrate. And celebration's our response. And we want to be a people that celebrate the fact that people are saying yes to Jesus. That people are saying yes to forgiveness. That people are saying yes to eternities being changed. And so if you're in this room, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I would ask you, if you just made that decision, uh, I, I'm not going to call you down here to the front, but I would love it if you would stand to your feet and you would make your way to either side of the room or this room right here. We've got an incredible team that would love to welcome you be excited for you, give you a Bible, just say, hey, listen, we're so excited for you, and you're not even going to be the only one moving, because some of our people on our team are going to be moving to get ready for second experience, so listen, you're not the only one moving, so right now, would you move, and maybe you're watching online, would you just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488, you wouldn't be the only one that's done that, over the last couple of weeks, I've had the opportunity to be able to talk with four people who've given their life to Jesus, and man, I'll just tell you, I'm so excited and honored that they would give their life to Jesus. We're so thankful for that. And in this room or on the podcast or watching online, if salvation happened today, we are people 
That's going to celebrate. So Purpose Church, would you stand on your feet? Would you give God some big old praise for salvation happening in this place today? Come on. Y'all can do better than that. Give it up for Jesus. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.